Okay, so you have a small business that you need to market, but you're not a marketer. So now what? Where do you start and what are you even supposed to do? Well, meet Engie. Engie is marketing software that simplifies marketing for small business owners. You can plan, organize, and get your marketing out the door and in front of your next customers fast. The best news? Engie is turning one on May 8th, so you can make marketing way more manageable for yourself for only $19 a month for your first year with the code BDAY. But don't wait. This offer ends on May 31st. Okay podcast. I'm your host Samantha Welker and I am Taylor Holman. And we're back with a brand new episode and today we're going to be talking about how to give constructive criticism without being an asshole. Is that the proper title? Yes. <laughs> without being an asshole. I mean like uh cuz I don't think mean just like we were trying to figure out another word for dumb. <laughs> Like the last episode, um, I think mean isn't quite the right word here. I think asshole is the appropriate word. It usually is. <laughs> I find it fits for a lot of things. But, you know, before we, we dive into ed- everything, uh, how are you doing? Did you vote yet? My ballot is filled out. I'm waiting for my other half to complete his. So that I can, I think I'm going to physically drop them off. Mm -hmm. Even though I trust the mail, I think I'm going to physically drop them off this time. Um, I spent probably a solid two hours on Sunday educating myself about all of the propositions that are on the ballot here in California. And... I mean, I had I had told Brett, hey, we got to sit down and do all this. And typical boy, he went and watched a surf movie while his overachieving straight-A student wife did the homework. And he's just going to copy my goddamn paper. <laughs> That's awesome. You know what's funny, though, is Stephen did the exact same thing as you on Sunday. And I'm probably going to copy his homework. <laughs> But to be fair, you okay. have way well, more time you know, than I do. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, there are a couple of things that I don't know that he and I will be totally on the same page about, which is fine. Like, we're allowed to have our own opinions. Mm-hmm. So I want him to at least take a few minutes for each proposition and figure out if the way I'm voting is in alignment with his thoughts. Yeah. But, you know, um, I did. I was very stressed out about having the wrong signature on my um, on my envelope. I saw your story because that's like usually the main reason that people's ballots. And because I was like, shit. I mean, I have too many names, so I was like, what what name is on file? But then I realized it's just what's on your driver's license, and so I could stop stressing. I was like, okay, I will sign. I will sign that name. <laughs> So, but yeah, 
Everyone's got to vote. I hope everyone is taking the time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be lazy. Um, I'm going to drop mine off as well. And before I do, I'm going to make sure that it's not a fake voting a ballot box because apparently that's a thing right now is that people are placing fake ballot boxes that won't actually count your vote because that's the world we live in at the moment. And it's insane. So before you slip that ballot in there, just confirm, you know, that it's a a legit source <laughs> you can leave your ballot at. I also want my sticker. You know, I'm I'm very much like a I don't want to wait for my sticker to come in the mail. I want that instant gratification, damn it. So that's our our spiel on voting. I'm sure you have heard it everywhere and anywhere right now. But, you know, if even one more person needs to hear it, (laughs) it's worth it, right? It's totally worth it. Everybody should vote. Vote, vote, vote. Yes. And if you don't vote, I will not be giving you constructive criticism. I'll be giving you straight up a kick in the ass. Because that's not what constructive criticism is for. Right, Taylor? (laughs) No, no. When you knowingly mess something up, you don't get constructive criticism. No. You just get criticism. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, I, okay. How are you at taking criticism? Honestly. I have, I used to be really bad at it. I've gotten a lot better. Mm -hmm. I think after working in customer service at a startup, you develop... (laughs) a sort of skin for people telling you that your shit is fucked. And that actually really was the thing that made me a lot more comfortable receiving it and open to even receiving it. Cause I learned how to listen to it from a different perspective, but um, I'm definitely one of those types of people who can take it really personally. Mm-hmm. So I used to not be great at it. Yeah, I welcome it. Uh, how do I say this? I it depends who's giving it to me, first of all. <laughs> like and and I I I was actually thinking about this this morning cuz I started doing morning pages. Have you heard of morning pages? I have not. So it's this like concept from The Artist's Way, which is a book. I can't remember her name, Julie Cameron or something like that. But um, essentially, the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is you write three pages of stream of consciousness thought long form on a regular eight by 11 piece of paper. And it's supposed to be good for creative blocks and just like brain dumping and all of this stuff. And this morning, I, I don't even remember how I got there, but I was thinking about, you know, criticism, probably thinking about the podcast that we were recording today (laughs) and like people who the people, a lot of the times people who offer the most criticism are the people who I want it from the least (laughs) or value it from the least, if that makes sense. Um, and then there are other people that like I seek it out from because I'm like, I value your opinion. I want to know what you think, you know. I so I really think it depends on the source for me, where it's coming from, you know, because I'm I'm such a brat who who thinks 
highly enough of herself to where I pick and choose who's giving me criticism. <laughs> and I can admit that that makes me sound like I'm an asshole. Same. I get it. I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely, I am the same. If I don't, if I don't respect you, I for sure am not going to be open to constructive criticism. No. So hard pass on that. Yeah. If you're on my shit list, don't even try. Don't, don't do it. And I, I mean, I hope everybody takes this piece of advice, but you first of all should never be accepting criticism from random strangers on the internet. <laughs> like, and I think that that's a big source of like worry for people because they get, you know, it's so easy for someone to comment on something or to send you a DM and then it just sits in your brain and you're like stewing on it. But then at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, do I value this person? Is this person somebody whose opinion I respect? Not so much, but I'm, I'm getting a wee bit ahead of myself here. <laughs> so we're going to talk about today when you should give constructive criticism. And this can be, you know, as a business owner, as a creative collaborator, as a client, as a, you know, there's endless instances where you may have to give constructive criticism. um, But the importance of how you deliver it is crucial. And then what you do after matters a lot too. So we're going to start by talking about when you should give it. And I think that that's a big question a lot of people have, especially those who maybe aren't necessarily used to being in a leadership role or aren't used to working with other people. Um, You know, us creative entrepreneurs often tend to also be solopreneurs. So the whole working with other people and getting constructive criticism can be relatively new. So when we're talking about when you should give it, What's kind of your your go-to strategy? My go-to is one of the one of the things that I learned from Dr. Corey, the you know, the permanent <laughs> miniature therapist that sits on my shoulder, is I approach it the same way that I would approach whether or not I feel like it's a battle I need to fight. Sure. Because if in the end nothing productive is going to happen from the conversation then it really doesn't even need to be had in the first place. So I can save myself the stress. I can save the other person the stress by just letting it sail off into the deep blue sea. Um, So I don't think that you always need to give constructive criticism or feedback. I think it's very situational. And if you can essentially turn it into a learning moment or an opportunity to facilitate growth, then that's when you should be providing it out. If you're just like wanting to point out that someone did something wrong, that is the exact opposite situation of when you should be giving constructive criticism. For sure. I think, and I've found that people who like to just point out what Uh, the other person has done wrong is often somebody who's not super secure in their own work and what they're doing. And they're just deflecting a bit. Um, because if people are just pointing out mistakes without anything helpful or constructive, like they're just, they're, those are assholes, you know? (laughs) 
<laughs> but I like that, what Dr. Corey said, because it's true. You have to pick your battles. You know, we all know people who has something to say about everything. And it's like exhausting. You're like, you don't need to nitpick every single thing. Like, is this the end of the world? You know, it's 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 hard because if you're a perfectionist or if you're somebody who who really does kind of value those little details, it's a constant battle. Trust me, I get it. <laughs> but it's it's a bigger picture scenario that you have to look at. Is this going to be beneficial for both parties if I make this statement? I love Dr. Corey. Yeah, you know, those those solid two and a half years of really doing the work with her really helped me become a better version of myself. So, because, you know, now, I mean, I guess you would call it biting your tongue, but I do find myself doing that mm-hmm. quite a bit because it just really isn't worth the energy that I'm going to have to put out there. So, you know, I'm just like, okay, cool. We'll just let the, I think the perfectionist in me is the the person that struggle like the part of my personality that struggles with it the most. Sure. Is you know, I if you're working as a part of a team and you are the person who tends to not make mistakes, right. then it can be hard to not always point out other people's mistakes, but in the end, it's just not productive. Yeah. So, which is why I have my own personal hashtag. I swear I'm not an asshole mm-hmm. <laughs> because I just need to not always say what's on my mind. Yeah. Well, and it's you know, like I said, it's a it's a two person kind of scenario because the person that you want to give feedback to that might not necessarily be the best thing for them if it's not like extra crucial, if that makes sense, you know, like if it's a piece of feedback that could be easily corrected a different way and you know that it's going to cause them like emotional turmoil, like I'm not saying you need to walk on eggshells, but just read the room before you, you start doling it out. And then of course, you know, there are times when people ask you for it. And I think ask when people ask you for constructive criticism, I would take a beat. It wouldn't be like, oh, I'm so glad you asked. Here's everything you've been fucking up on. (laughs) And you just word vomit all over them. Don't do that. I think that if people ask for it, that is an opportunity that they're seeking out to grow and get better at what they do, whether that be as a, a business partner or a collaboration, what have you. Yeah. And when people ask you for constructive feedback, don't tell them that their shit doesn't stink and everything is perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Like I know that some people actually struggle with going through the motions of providing constructive feedback, especially if you're someone who's more of an optimist Mm -hmm. um, and a people pleaser. But if someone pointedly asks you for it, please give it to them. Yes. Right. Like don't, Don't say, oh, it's perfect. No, like they're asking for something. So make the effort. You know, it's an opportunity for you to grow a little bit and become more comfortable in situations and conversations like that. But yeah, if someone is asking for it, give it to them. Right. 
In a nice way. In a nice way. Yeah, which I think transitions us pretty nicely into the next topic that we want to talk about, which is the importance of how you deliver constructive criticism. Um, And I, you know, I have worked in HR for many years and have had to do many employee reviews and fire people (laughs) and have sit down with people to give them warnings, you know, so there's, it takes some finessing. It's awkward as fuck the first time you have to give somebody negative constructive criticism, you know, cause it's like, it's this weird balance of where you want them to do better. And that's why you're giving them this piece of advice. You're not sitting down with them to be like, Hey, this isn't working out. You got to go. You're sitting down with them and you're having to kind of balance the emotional side of it as well as the business side of it because you don't want to, you know, destroy their sweet little birdie heart. I don't know. <laughs> That's my new favorite phrase for you. Destroy their sweet little birdie heart. <laughs> that goes hand in hand with my soft kid gloves. Tell me about your soft kid gloves. Soft kid gloves. My soft kid gloves are what I need to put on when Taylor needs to be the nicest, softest, kindest version of herself. Because <laughs> <laughs> put on those soft kid gloves and just be gentle. Yeah. <laughs> That's my I think I think it was my business partner Cassie who came up with that that like, okay, put on your soft kid gloves before you speak. Even though gloves go in your hands and not on your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I like the concept of of soft kid gloves when it comes to constructive criticism because it's – you definitely don't want to go in for the kill like we had kind of outlined earlier. Like that is just not going to be the best route (laughs) for getting the result that you want out of talking to somebody. So you have to think about that too. Like what's the result you want from this conversation? What do you want to happen? And so is the best way to approach that to attack them or to go in for the kill? No, put on your fucking soft kid gloves, sit down and have a human heart to heart conversation. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think that it's necessarily like, oh, well, you're, you're sugarcoating it. You're, you're babying them. No, you don't have to sugarcoat it. But you can handle the scenario with grace and, you know, a little bit of empathy and human, humany, whoa, humanity. 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 Yes. Yeah. It's, there's a, there's a fine line between being direct and being aggressive. Yes. Right. So, and that really is not contingent on how you feel about where that line is. Mm -hmm. It's about the person you're talking to. So that's where, when you mentioned earlier about reading the room, you really need to take some time to think about where is this person's, like, where do they draw the line in the sand when it comes to being aggressive? And then you need to make sure that you stay well behind that because then you won't make them feel like you're going in for the jugular. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I 
I know that everybody's first reaction when somebody tells them that they're doing something either wrong or not as well as they could is to be defensive. And that's just like, that's human nature. So you want to make sure that you're focusing on giving constructive feedback on the project as opposed to the person, because that will really help that person not feel like you're, you know, you have some personal referendum against them and it'll help minimize how defensive they might feel that they need to react to what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, I know that for people like you and I, the projects that we work on are, are us. Like we embody them and we, we do take it personally. It's hard because when you work on something really hard and you think that you're doing a really good job and then somebody tells you otherwise, it's, it's painful to, to kind of take in. Um, but you know, I think if you're the person giving the criticism, focusing on the language that will really make it seem more big picture rather than nitpicking on a solo human and their, their value as a person to the project will make it all that much more well-received. So let's talk about finer points of giving constructive criticism. And I think that something that you outlined for us to talk about, which I think is incredibly valuable, is being as specific as possible and making sure that the criticism that you're giving is actionable. Because you don't want to just go to somebody and be like, look, this sucks, or this isn't what I was wanting it to be, and then not giving them a way to fix it. Because a lot of the times, if somebody's been working on something and the result isn't what you hoped for, you need to kind of help them correct their course. They're, they can't read your mind. If they could read your mind, it would have been perfect the first time around. It actually makes my brain hurt sometimes when I'm working on a creative project for someone and they have a, they struggle to tell me what it is they want at the start of the project when it's the appropriate time to be setting, right, the expectations. And then they seem to only be capable of telling me what they don't like after they've seen it. So that kind of feedback isn't actionable. It just pisses me off because I'm like, great. So you don't like it, but what the fuck do you want me to do to fix this, (laughs) right? So you have to, it has to be actionable, even if what's happening is you are like getting closer and you're like making the guardrails a little more narrow, right? To get someone to produce what it is you think is the quote unquote best quality product. But you can't just say like, I don't like it and expect, like you said, people can't read your mind. So if you don't want to send someone to therapy, <laughs> then please, please give them very clear and actionable steps on how they can improve. I think every designer and creative right now listening to this is like, yes, I've had that client. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> it's it's fucking infuriating because – They have no way of helping you fix it when all you want to do is make them something that they are happy with. Like that is your goal as a creative entrepreneur. And 
you know, I've, I've been in that situation many times and it's incredibly frustrating. And so if you're listening to this and you are hiring somebody to work on something with you, or you have a freelancer that you contracted out to help you with a specific project, make your feedback as actionable as possible. Provide details of what you don't like, details of what you do like, um, things that you want to see different. Provide visual examples, you know, like go make them a fucking Pinterest board or something to show them something that helps them get kind of a better concept of what what you want. Um, I'll give you an example. So we we did our Glitter Guide rebrand last year and we worked with this really great company that I really liked. Um, and, you know, she we, we talked a little bit before over email about what we wanted and I had kind of told her, you know, here's the vibe we're going for. Here's the aesthetic. Go for it. Because based on her past work, she, you know, I was like, oh, she's got our aesthetic down. She's exactly what we're looking for moving forward. And what she came back with was like Lisa Frank goes to the third grade. It Ooh. No bueno. <laughs> Not what we wanted at all. And I had a minor meltdown when I saw it because I was like, there's no way to fix this. It's totally off the mark. There's, it's not going to work. We got to find somebody else. Like it's just that bad. And I took a breath (laughs) and I paused and I kind of, and I went through the guide that she put together and I was like, look, I know, um, I appreciate all the hard work you did on this. Like, I know how much time you put into it. This is not the direction at all that we wanted. And I was very honest because I think that's an important thing too because you can't sugarcoat it. You can't be like, well, yeah, it's not really kind of what I was thinking. Like that's not helpful, constructive criticism. It's not helpful to be kind of meh, wishy-washy with it. Like I told her this is not what we're looking for. Here is exactly what we want. Like, And that was kind of the mistake on both of our ends because I didn't really give her enough information ahead of time. She had kind of already assumed that she knew Glitter Guide well enough to construct something. But what she was constructing was based off of old Glitter Guide. It wasn't what we wanted to be moving forward. So then we had a phone call, went over everything. I gave her the exact look and vibe. I put together our color palette myself because I was like, look, here, I'm going to do this for you. (laughs) And then you can build around it. And what she came back with was exactly what we wanted. So it happens to everybody, you know, when you're working on projects and, you know, so don't let kind of that, if the first round of, of work isn't exactly what you're looking for, don't let that deter you from moving forward with the person. It just means that they need more direction and that's up to you. And that's where your constructive criticism comes in, um, to set you guys both up for success. Yes. Every designer will appreciate you having examples that they can work off of instead of you just saying, Mm -hmm. I don't like it. And for, for please God, sweet baby Jesus sake, don't say, make it pop Ah! (laughs) because they will make it pack a little more. Yeah, that is a surefire way to get a really, really aggressive facial expression thrown your way, even if they don't actually say fuck off. Um, that's what they're thinking. 
<laughs> yeah. There's like a, a meme I, I sent to one of my web designer friends once that was like, when a client asks for modern and then it had like an example of some tacky looking header image or <laughs> when a client asks for minimal, can you make it more mini- like minimalistic? And it's just like people, that's the thing. People don't know what they want. If they're not creative or design oriented themselves, it's very hard for them to articulate in the beginning what they want, which is why visual examples are incredibly yeah. helpful. But I think that's another topic for another day. So let's talk about something that I am a fan of. (laughs) I've talked about this. I I think – I don't know if I've talked about this before on the podcast or in a blog post. But compliment sandwiches, which are not (laughs) real food, in case you weren't sure. (laughs) I did not expect for that Um, to be said. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Maybe somebody needs to hear it. (laughs) But I – so compliment sandwiches are a very old management tactic. They've been around since the dawn of time. And essentially what it is is taking two positive pieces of either criticism or compliments. Well, I guess it is compliments because it's called a fucking compliment sandwich, Sam. Jesus Christ. Two compliments are your bread and then your criticism (laughs) is the meat of the sandwich. That was the worst explanation (laughs) of a compliment sandwich in the history of compliment sandwiches. But you get the gist. Essentially, you're you're putting that buffer on the beginning and the end so you're not just coming in for the kill, which is something we talked about earlier. And what are kind of your thoughts on compliment sandwiches? Do you like them? Do you use them? I definitely use them. I see them coming from a mile away when people try to use them on me. I can sniff that shit out. Like it's a moldy compliment sandwich that should have been thrown in the trash <laughs> four weeks ago. Um, so they don't, they don't, that's not my personal preference. Like I would just rather people cut to the chase, but I do 100% agree that as a management tool, they are essential. I would say too, because what you said makes sense And it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning of kind of reading the room, knowing who you're talking to and, you know, kind of tuning that towards your audience. With a compliment sandwich, you know, you want to kind of figure out if it's going to be the effective strategy for the person that you're talking to before you do it. Because if it's it's not, it's going to come off as contrite. You know, it's just going to feel ungenuine, ingenuine. Oh, I have my words today. Disingenuine. Disingenuine. Good Lord. This is all Taylor's fault, not you, <laughs> other Taylor. We are talking about uh, Labe versus Lane this morning, and I'm just like, this is too high level for me. I'm a numbers person. I'm not a word person, guys. <laughs> but anyways, so compliment sandwiches can work if they're for the right person. And I think that a lot of people actually prefer them. And I would say to use it as the default if you're unsure because it's better than, you know, kind of going in for that straight kill because if that's not a good way for them to receive it, they're going to shut down and you're never going to be able to give them constructive criticism ever again. 
<laughs> um, I think the only other thing I would add is that if you are in a position where you're almost being forced to give constructive feedback to someone in front of other people, that you for sure should mm. use the compliment sandwich. Because it not only yeah. is, I mean, because it really then becomes a, a reflection on your management style. And unless you want to be known yes. as the asshole, then you shouldn't omit using the compliment sandwich. You want to make sure that people see that while you can give real feedback that you are not going to trample all over them in the process. So it becomes an opportunity for you to like yeah. gain some clout and respect from the people you are managing. Yeah. And I think too that it helps kind of build a little bit of morale because you should be telling people what they're doing well and what you like about what they're creating. There's, I don't think there's anything kind of sketchy about, about that. I don't think it's fake or sugarcoating it it, to do a compliment sandwich because if there are things that someone's doing well, fucking tell them that's constructive criticism. Doesn't have to just be negative. (laughs) You can also give them critique and feedback about what they're doing that you're really proud of. And when you do something like that, and the more you do it, it helps them to see what you like, what you prefer, and it helps them learn kind of how to get to that end result from the get-go. Yep. So let's talk about after you have given your constructive criticism and what you do afterwards. Because what you do after matters too. And you had pointed out that this is part of what separates good managers from bad ones. So one of the first things that I think is really important to come into these situations with is knowing that after you give constructive criticism, it is your job to support them in order or through the process Mm -hmm. of them, you know, making these changes or improvements. So if you are the client, then that would be providing the designer with examples, photos, specific colors, that kind of thing. If you are a manager and you're needing someone to grow in their skill set, then having books or podcasts or online courses or, you know, blog posts, whatever sort of educational resource you can then give them to make them feel like, okay, I'm not just being thrown into the deep end of a shark infested pool. (laughs) Like that's, what's incredibly important for you to do after you've told someone that they missed the mark. So if you leave them hanging, then that's, that's just bad management and you're not a bad manager. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you no. are making the person feel like you have their back because then in the future, if you do need to give them constructive feedback again, they're going to be less afraid of it and they're not going to have such like a freak out reaction to that conversation. Yeah, for sure. And I think that constructive uh, feedback and criticism is best done in person. So you guys can kind of talk about it face to face, which I know is hard for some people because, you know, those are awkward conversations that people don't want to have, but do them face to face, but also follow up with an email 
kind of outlining what you talked about and the changes you want to see. Of course, this kind of varies. You know, if it's like a small thing, you don't really need to take the time out of your day to do a whole email. But like you want to make sure that they have some documentation that they can reference back to. And you want to make sure that you're also tracking those changes. And I think that providing someone with those kind of resources and that kind of roadmap is incredibly helpful when they're feeling a little bit unsure of themselves because they missed that mark. So provide them with that. And I would also provide them with deadlines and then make sure that you check in and follow up on the changes that you want to see. Don't just be like, eh, I didn't really like this. Can you fix it? And then just walk away. (laughs) Like it's much better to Give them a detailed outline of what kind of changes you want to see and then throw in that timeline of, and can you have these back to me by such and such date? I'm a big fan of that. I think that almost kind of takes some of the personal elements out of it and makes it a little more about, again, like we talked about in the beginning, back to being about the project itself because you're putting these bullet point deliverables and a timestamp on it. And I think that when there's those elements incorporated into it, the person on the receiving end is going to feel a little less like they're being attacked for their performance. I really like the point about, if you know, having the conversation in person and then following up with like written documentation of what needs to happen. And one of the things that I think some people who are on the receiving end of constructive criticism can do is they can sort of be like deer in the headlights and while whilst they're mm-hmm. actually there and your words are hitting their eardrums, sometimes they might not make them all the way back into their brain. <laughs> so providing that follow-up with like, this is what we talked about is definitely a good tactic just in case they were overwhelmed in the moment. Um, something that I like to do is if you're working on a visual project, then, you know, pulling it up on the screen and, you know, using whether you use Zoom or there's another program called Loom to record yourself talking through like and pointing out like this is specifically what I'm talking about because, you know, Mm -hmm. creative projects are just like massive beasts. Um, So you can use something like that or if it's a, a piece of copy, then putting it into Google Docs and then using comments then becomes a really helpful tool as well. So, and again, again, it like, like you said, it makes it about the project and getting to that best outcome as opposed to, I didn't like what you did. Yeah. I, I don't know about you, but in my personal life, I'm very surrounded by sensitive souls And it's probably just, you know, me balancing out not being a sensitive soul. (laughs) And it's, I know that it's easy to hear all this stuff now in a podcast and be like, eh, you know, criticism. Yeah, sure. Give me criticism or I can give, I can give someone constructive criticism and not really think anything of it. But when the time comes and you're dealing with somebody like, you know, my, my sister is the world's most sensitive human and I know she'll never listen to this podcast, 
but the way that I handle criticism with her is far different than the way I would handle criticism with you. You know, like it's, it really is at the end of the day about reading each individual person and finding a tactics tactic that's going to work best with them. Um, and if you are somebody who is on the receiving end of that constructive criticism, let me just say that it's not an attack on you. And if you feel like it's an attack on you, the person delivering it is doing it wrong. <laughs> that's that's all there is to it. And I have seen it so many times with managers, usually dudes, who are just blunt about it, which does not handle well for every single person, you know? I think the thing about feedback and constructive criticism is that the person giving it to you wants you to grow and they want you to get better and they want the project to succeed. Um, and so I think if everybody can kind of keep th- those factors in mind from both ends, it would be great. Totally. I love constructive criticism. Yes. Hit me yeah, with it. how we get better at what we do. If everybody, yeah. if everybody was like my mother-in-law and just said that your shit is great all the time, you can't see the giant eye roll. Wait, her shit is no, great all the time it, or your shit is great all the time? Like, you know, is perfect. That everything we do is perfect. It's like, no, oh. not everything we do is perfect. Got so, um, <laughs> yeah, like that constructive feedback and being open to having something you do be critiqued it's a part of being an adult in the working world and it will make you better at what you do yes for sure and we need to distribute it and handle it like fucking adults (laughs) Uh, well I think that's kind of it we have that's it we have that's (laughs) it we have for today. I am going to go drink another cup of coffee because clearly moving the podcast half an hour early was not good for my brain. We won't do that again. (laughs) I will never schedule calls right after our podcast recording. Lo siento, mea culpa. (sighs) Taylor, I have some feedback for you. Don't ever fucking do this to me again. <laughs> was that constructive? Yes, did yes, it help? Message is clearly received. This will that. never happen again. I didn't put it in a compliment nope. sandwich. Nope. Just kidding. It's not your fault. It's my fault. I didn't drink my coffee. <sighs> I like because so Stephen takes Rocky to school in the mornings, and then I drink my coffee after they leave. And I like do my clear out my inbox, do my morning stuff. And this morning I just like went off on looking at this playlist, which is so not like me to just not do my routine. So I didn't drink my coffee. I was not prepared. I'm a clusterfuck today. I don't know who I am anymore right now. I'm quarantined, Samantha. (laughs) Quarantined, Samantha looks at random playlists instead of doing her work. It's okay. That probably <laughs> just means that your brain needed a break this morning and it's okay to take one. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't even let my chickens out oh, yet. Got to set those little birdie souls free. Those little birdie, birdie hearts. hearts. Birdie hearts. <laughs> Shit. I, I messed it up already. <laughs> God damn it, Taylor. That'll be another thing in your feedback yep. report. Uh, just don't put me on a pip. What the fuck oh, is a pip? A personal improvement plan. 
never heard oh. it called a pit before. <laughs> well, that was a very cohesive episode on my end. Sorry. <laughs> I think it was great. Sorry to have, sorry to have my shit together. Don't compliment sandwich me. Um, I laughed a lot today, so I think that that makes a great episode. At me fucking up. <laughs> it's still entertaining. <laughs> you were laughing at me, not at the content. <laughs> True. True. And I'm going to leave it all in. Yep. I'm going to leave everything in so you guys can see. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Nope. I'm a shit show half the time, guys. I just edit well. Uh, thanks for being here. If you like the show, please make sure to give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the podcast. And we want to spread the love as safely as we can. <laughs> so also don't forget to vote because that's the most important thing ever. I know we already said it. I'm going to fucking say it again, guys. And Make sure to head to prettyokpodcast.com for show notes. Hit us up on Instagram, all of that jazz. And then we'll be back in a couple weeks with another episode for you. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Bye.